You know, I know that in many past episodes, we have taught how to go through the back door. But what if you do want to go through the front door? And what if you're in that situation? And what if you're competing against the other hundreds of people? This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Okay, so you finally find that job that you want. One that you think can actually be a great opportunity for your career, not just like an account rep or something else along those lines, but this is something that is meaningful to you. And the only problem is that if it's meaningful to you and it's something that is exciting to you, it probably is for a whole bunch of other people too. So what happens when you've got probably, you know, hundreds potentially even many more people actually looking at the same role. How do you stand out? Like, How do you get their attention? How do you apply for something like this and actually have it go through to the interview stage? How do you actually get some results out of this? Okay, so here's the situation. Normally, we record episodes many months in advance. Sometimes it's like four weeks. Sometimes it's quite a few months. And that's just with schedules, with different guests we're bringing on, all kinds of things have to happen. And a lot of the prep that we do behind the scenes, post-production, there's a lot goes into making an episode of the Happen to Your Career podcast. And this is not that far in advance. This, what we're going to talk about today, is actually happening right now. So we're not recording this very far in advance from when you're actually hearing it, as it turns out. We have had four positions open for roughly a month, like four weeks or so. With those four positions, we have had about roughly a thousand people apply to those. So as I say, that sounds absurd, four positions and a thousand people. And as I started thinking, and our team is sorting through all of these applications, and we're looking at and by the way, one of these is for career coach too. Like one of these is for a, you know, somebody who would be helping other people do this sort of thing. You know, another one was for a content writer, you know, for somebody who is just writing absolutely astounding content. And although we've closed a couple of these positions since that in the last few days, as we were going through it, this process, we realized, you know what? A whole bunch of this could be really incredibly valuable to our listeners, because here's the challenge. Let's reverse it a little bit. Don't even think about it from our end for just a second. Instead, think about it from your end. Let's say that you have found a role that you're really legitimately excited about. It's with a company that you're excited about, and it seems like it could be a great fit. Okay, so you're looking at that, and the only thing that you don't realize is that on the other end, there are hundreds of people that might also be really very interested in getting that exact same role. So how on earth do you compete? How on earth do you get the company's attention? Because that's part of what you're doing through that process is getting their attention in a positive and relevant way that's going to cause them to want to engage further with you, right? You know, I know that in many past episodes, we have taught how to go through the back door. 
And that's something that is a really important skill set because many of the jobs that are going to be very, very desirable are going to be something that is created or modified or not available to the general public in one way or another. So it becomes important skill set to have. And you can go back and you can listen to some of those episodes like how to connect with others, how to connect with anyone using introductions. We've got a lot of content in the archives to be able to help you understand how to do that. But what if you do want to go through the front door? And what if you're in that situation? And what if you're competing against the other hundreds of people? Okay. Well, we thought it would be really great. And we're going to spare people the names and identification and everything. We absolutely would not do that. But we wanted to be able to show you some of the ways that people are going about this, both in the ways that captured our attention, as well as the ways that the majority of people applied or the ways that the majority of people tried to capture our attention which was maybe not so good too. So we want to illustrate both. And that's exactly what we're going to do in today's episode. So I'm actually even going to give you a few examples for people that were successful in moving through different stages of the process and also give you some examples of things that caused us to immediately remove them too and help you understand it from a different perspective. Because sometimes it's hard to get a glimpse into what on earth are these people thinking behind the scenes? If you are applying to HR and it's a recruiter on the other end, or an HR generalist, or sometimes it's an admin person, sometimes it's actually the hiring manager themselves. There's a variety of different people and it changes on a per organization basis. So how do you appeal to those folks and to be able to do so in a way that's relevant? Okay. Let's start out with an example here. One of the positions that we had open, it was a content writer. It was somebody who does copywriting, somebody that does writing for our blog, somebody that is essentially generating a lot of the writing. Well, one of the things that we asked people to do is be able to share the content that really causes them to stand out. Now, interesting thing about this, we also not only did we ask them to submit a couple of writing samples and some links and things like that, but we also asked them to share a couple other pieces of information. Now, this was their opportunity. I don't think a lot of people were thinking about it this way, even though we tried to make it blatantly clear in the process. But I think a lot of people didn't really take the opportunity to really demonstrate what they could do. Now, the reason why I want to use this as an example here is not because the vast majority of people who are listening to this are going to become content writers. No, that's not the case at all. That's going to be a terrible fit for a lot of you. And that's totally okay. But instead, I want you to begin to think about how you can really, during that process, during every single interaction that you have with a company, with an organization, with a hiring manager, with a recruiter, whoever it happens to be, if you're going through that front door, you better dang well make sure that you are making what you're doing relevant and incredibly standout-ish. We're inventing terms here because this is so important. Okay. So this content writer position, let me just even give you an example here. Okay. This is what the majority of people did. This is absolutely what the majority of people did for this type of role. They would send something like, they would apply on the application and they'd answer the questions and everything like that. And they would answer them with, a couple of sentences. 
So first of all, it was really easy. One of the things that we did behind the scenes, not every company is going to do this, but I want to help you understand how, how you think about it. We actually put it onto a spreadsheet and all of these answers, we were able to see who wrote a lot and who wrote a little bit. Now, not every company is going to do that by any means, but here's what I want you to be able to take from that. Those people that put in the time and effort have a tendency to create or write more or put more thought into it. And it becomes blatantly apparent as you're scanning through things, as you're reading, like, yeah, you know, when I used to scan resumes way back when, you know, when I was responsible for recruiting, one of the things I would look for is just at a glance, does it look like there's some content and meat onto this? And then I'm looking for, hey, what are some of those relevant keywords? And then I'm looking for what are the pieces that they're demonstrating within their experience and as well as their results that actually line up versus don't line up as well. So one thing that always stands out is when there's nothing on there or virtually nothing on there, or it's really, 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 really skimpy. That's just about a sure way to be able to deter it out. And keep in mind, like this position that we're talking about here is a content writer. Like this is somebody who writes. This is somebody who is responsible for writing for our company. So let me quickly take you all the way through the process here. Okay, so in the application, we had a couple different types of questions. Things like, what are three to 10 pieces of content that best exemplify your natural style? Another question was, what makes you want to work for us at Happened to Your Career? And another one was softball type question. What else should we know? By the way, part of the reason why we ask that is, and I've seen that on not a lot of applications, but some types of applications. You should always figure out something to be able to, like that is a softball nice down the middle where it's an opportunity for you to showcase whatever it possibly is that is going to be useful and relevant that they should know about you. Why wouldn't you spend the time answering that? And if you're hiring somebody, do you want somebody who's an overachiever or do you want somebody who is going to do the minimum? Like ask yourself that. And by the way, I find that to be a really useful thing to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Like, okay, if I were hiring for this position, what would I want and what would I need? If I'm in their shoes, not what I think they should want and need because I am the content writer, but would somebody who is hiring content writers want and need or insert your position here, right? Okay. So we ask these types of questions and we can use these as some examples here. In fact, let's give some of those examples. Some people in the three to 10 types of content, we had a lot of people that would just put the minimum three. And again, maybe they only have three that they really want us to be able to go in and look at that they feel is relevant. That's okay. But certainly, you know, those people that had more than three, that's another area where some companies are going to look at it as good versus other not. We tried to look at all of them, as many as we possibly could. So what makes you want to work with us that happened to your career? Well, most of our answers sounded like this. I want to spend my extra vacant hours in activities, earning extra income. At the same time, I want to sharpen my writing skills. Like that was like 250-ish answers. Not exactly that, but that type of thing. First of all, you know, I am legitimately interested in what makes this a good situation for you. However, we also want to know and understand why you resonate with the role. This is your opportunity to really help us understand that. So here's a better example. Now, this is step up here. 
And this is somebody who's clearly done their research. They say, when I read that Scott held eight jobs in 10 years, I laughed out loud. I'm a notorious job hopper. I've held six positions in a decade myself. My friends think I'm one of the best job getters they know. This might be true, but I'm at a crossroads. Will I enjoy what I do? I haven't quite found the culture and organizational mission that aligns with my own goals. I love to write. I love content. I love Happen to Your Career's mission of helping people find work that they love. And the idea of combining my interests in employment in writing is extremely exciting to me. Okay. Now, why is that better? Well, first of all, clearly they've done some research. Anybody who reads that like, can figure that out, hiring manager or not. You don't even have to know what it is that we're actually looking for. And that is a much better answer. And by the way, the very, very few people put answers like this. And the thing is, like, the reason companies and other people are looking for things like this is we all have BS meters. We know when something is more true. Like in reading that, we recognize that the majority of this is probably absolutely unequivocally true to some extent because they would have had to do some research and actually really think about this. And the way that they're terming it is probably true. So, one, it fits in the BS meter. And by sharing more, that helps filter out those those situations that really aren't a great fit for us if you're thinking about it from the hiring manager perspective. But then the other thing here too is that they're linking both together. They're helping us understand why what is a great situation for them is also potentially a great situation for us. You know, in this case, they're trying to make the point that hey, my friends but think I'm one of the best job getters around. Essentially, like I identify with your mission. And I also know something about this. Like this is not my first rodeo here. And by the way, I am very interested in writing as well. Okay, now here's even better. This is somebody who didn't just put this in the answer, but they actually emailed us afterwards. And they emailed it to a variety of people on the team, to not just one, to make sure that it got to a few folks. They actually went to an additional extent and they chose what they perceived to be as some relevant people on the team and also emailed it to our support channel as well. Okay. So this says, subject line, the start of a beautiful friendship. Hey team, An hour ago, I submitted my application for your content writer and editor position. Even though there's a type form full of information about why I make a perfect addition to the team, I wanted to expound via email. Over the last few years, I've served as a copywriter and content editor for a variety of companies, industries, and public figures. I love my job. The constant newness keeps me energized, new customers, new projects, new offices, mostly coffee shop through Nashville, new freelance friends. I'm truly living out my dream job, but it wasn't always that way. I thought, Asterisks around thought. I wanted to run the show in a structured environment. I thought I wanted to serve the people of Africa. I thought I wanted to focus on strategy and empower my creative team to produce good content. I thought wrong. A terrible boss, my unheard voice, and a long commute taught me what I truly value in a career. The experience combined with my hobby of serially applying to new jobs and freelance gigs equips me to voice your brand. I want everyone to love their work in the way that I love mine. One of the primary tools that helped me go after my dream job is Enneagram, and it goes on to describe Enneagram. I believe my affinity for helping others pursue their dreams, live their potential, and have fun during the process aligns with what you're needing in your content writer, not to mention I have the hard skills and five-year experience in marketing. This could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Feel free to call, text, or email to let me know we can chat about a potential partnership. 
Thanks. Okay. So what's different about that? So if we're pulling that apart and we're actually looking at that, well, to start out with it, it's something that is captures our attention from the beginning. The subject line of the email to start or the start of a beautiful friendship. That's not something that's normally going to show up in our inbox, right? Now, I'm not suggesting that you should email everybody that subject line because it's not even so much about the subject line itself for the exact words that are there. It's the fact that she took the time to make it relevant and also make it stand out. Plus, she didn't just submit the application. She went a step further recognizing that there are probably going to be like hundreds of people that are applying and she was going to need to do something different to make sure that she actually got attention on her application and doing so in a relevant way. Because here's the other thing too, we actually got a variety of other emails and I'll share some of those with you in a minute here as well. And we can compare them to this one. But another thing she did well is immediately in the first portion, she made it concise in a way that provided context for the email. She said, an hour ago, I submitted my application for content writer and in position. And then make something that's kind of funny, even though there's a tight form full of information about why I'll make a perfect addition to your team, I wanted to expound via email. And then she goes on to capture our attention with things that clearly she had researched as well and knew what we needed as well. And that's where she says, over the last few years, I've served as a copywriter and a content editor and goes on to describe a little bit about that, but hits on all of the points. And actually, a couple of people that read this email are like, wow, one of the things that she's doing here is demonstrating her ability to do marketing and create content at the same time. And she is literally showing us how she does those things. So she'd gone and she'd done the research, understood what were some of the most important pieces to us, and then wrote, crafted an email that was relevant to us. So she is literally demonstrating the work that she would do. If you want to think about it that way, she's literally demonstrating the work that she would do for us as well. So that's one way. What I don't want you to take from this is necessarily that that is the way to go and get a job necessarily. You need to write this exact same type email and everything like that. Instead, the points that you can take from this are that you need to make it incredibly relevant to them. Part of that's going to be through a bit of research. Part of that is going to be giving a little bit of thought into what ways are going to make you stand out. And we actually had several other people that did something very, very similar too. And not so coincidentally, those are some of the people who ended up further in the process, right? Okay, so let me compare that though for another email. We had another position open called Marketing Operations Manager. So here's an email we got for this. This one says, hi, I'm contacted you. I'm, I contacted or I've or anything else. I'm contacted you in regards to the marketing operations manager position. A month ago, I applied to this position, but I haven't heard anything back since then. Although I was overseas for a few weeks, so I'm not sure if someone tried to contact me during that time. I'd like to follow up on my application as I'm convinced I'm a great fit for this position due to my extensive marketing experience. Please let me know if I need to complete the application form again. Please see my attached resume for your reference. Looking forward to hearing from you. Attachments, resume. Okay, now you've got two different emails, two drastically different emails. One of them is systematically hitting on all of the pieces that we need for a particular role and 
capturing our attention. And this other one is doing absolutely none of that. So one of the big things that you can take away and one of the big questions you can ask yourself every single time you are applying for a role, trying to capture attention, trying to stand out, is how can you show, not tell? So the difference between these two emails is one person is showing and literally demonstrating why they'd be a great fit for the role. This other person is telling us. Remember when they said, hey, a month ago, I applied to this position, but haven't heard anything back since then. I'd like to follow up on my application as I'm convinced I'm a great fit for this position due to my extensive marketing experience. Okay. So thing number one, like for somebody that has extensive marketing experience, one of marketing 101 is typically know your target market, right? And make sure that you're making whatever you're doing relevant to your target market. So not to beat up on this person or anything like that, but I do want to illustrate that there's a massive difference in showing someone how you fit versus telling them that you fit. Every single time you tell them that you fit, that's going to come off as ineffective. That's going to come off as not standing out. That's going to come off as, quite frankly, in some cases, it's going to come off as either like salesy or annoying or pesky, or at a minimum, it's just not going to cause a fit. So here's another one too. This one is a little bit better, but it's still not necessarily crossing the line. So this is something that is really, really common. This one says, Dear hiring manager, my name is blah, blah, blah. And I have over 15 years proven experience providing customer service for several companies in various customer service call center, remote offices, outer atmosphere settings. I'm excited to utilize my exceptional customer service and begin working as a career coach. Okay. The reason why I wanted to read that first part is if you're a hiring manager and you're reading that, you have no idea how those two links up. So that means that it's not relevant. And that means that therefore it's not showing how you actually have the experience. Now I've worked in customer service. Like I think customer service is amazing. And I've been in and out of that and totally understand what parts link up and what parts don't. But in this particular case, I have no idea what this person is talking about or how that means that we should take a second look at them as a career coach. Okay. So we go on to say that you know my exceptional problem-solving skills is demonstrated when supervision or management is not available. I'm also able to coordinate and cooperate with any other staff member in order to ensure that all customers are kept happy and have their needs handled in a timely manner. My strong points are resolving conflicts. So when we see this, what we call this is the shotgun method, where you're just spraying a whole bunch of good stuff out there about yourself and hoping some of it sticks. So this is an incredibly lazy approach to be able to go through and and apply for roles. This indicates that you really don't have any understanding or very little understanding of what it is that they actually want, which means that you're unlikely to get a second look. And these are the types of people that are working really hard because it probably took a lot of time to put this together. And by the way, that we toiled behind the scenes, should we even actually do an episode like this? Like, Is this going to come off as as offensive to some people? Because we had a lot of people apply. And at the end of the day, I realized that, you know what, we're going to do our darndest to make sure that we're protecting the information for guilty parties, if you will, 
But we're doing everyone a disservice if we don't put this type of episode out there because these are the real issues why people are out there not getting any kind of results. And I mean, if any place else is even close, like this is a company where we teach this stuff all the time. So generally, people probably have a better idea of how to do these sorts of things. And over 50% of our applicants, that's like 500 people out of 1,000, over 50% of them submitted these types of things. So we felt really strongly that it's doing a disservice if we don't share some of these pieces. So if one of these happens to be yours and you're listening to it, thank you so much for applying. We really do appreciate it. And quite frankly, we know that we ask a lot in our interview process. And also, I'm really, really hoping that this can be a very useful way for you to look at this differently from here on out. And if we chose not to share some of these things because it might offend somebody, then we're denying everybody else the opportunity to learn and do this completely differently and be able to be the person who stands out with the next opportunity at any place that you want. So that's the question I want to pose here is what can you do? What can you do to be able to make sure that you're standing out? What can you do to make sure that you're making this relevant? What can you do to make sure that it is obvious? To the people on the other end, how you fit without spraying, without shotgunning, and without just sending something off to send something off. Keep in mind, if they're asking these questions, they're asking each one for a reason. Ask yourself why they're asking and what they really actually need to know. Not even what they want to know necessarily some of the time, but what do they need to know in order to say yes to you? That's going to get you much, much better answers. It's going to be a lot more work. I guarantee it. But I would much, much rather spend five hours on three different positions that were really an amazing fit and have two out of those three call me back and get to interview stage versus spending one hour or even 30 minutes on 200 positions that I don't get any calls back and I wonder why I'm not a fit for. All right. Hey, I hope this is really helpful. Let me know what you think of this style of episode. And let me know if this actually made a difference in your world too. By the way, you can head on over to happentoyourcareer.com slash 244 and be able to see some of these examples in writing and see some of what worked, what didn't work so that you can see the visual comparison so that next time you can show, not tell. Yeah, I hope you absolutely loved that episode and diving deep into applications, particularly how to guarantee that you'll actually not be lost in the black hole. But we have so much more coming up for you next week. We have spent many, many episodes talking tangentially about salary, particularly about the some of the anxieties of salary, but we've never dedicated an entire episode to it. So next week, we have in store for you a few surprises along the way, particularly... <laughs> We're going to dive into the worries, anxieties, questions career changers have about salary. What's really, really interesting is that so many people go into go into career change thinking they might actually have to take a step back, take a step back in salary, take a step back in responsibility, taking a step back in something else to be able to break in, get a foot in the door to the industry, or use something as a stepping stone. And I hear these phrases consistently. However, one of the things that we see is that the vast majority of the people that we work with, 
don't end up taking a step back. They don't end up taking a step back in responsibility, salary, or anything else as they're breaking into that new industry, breaking into that new profession. In fact, we see it is a much more rare event. Now, there's a variety of reasons for this, but we talk about exactly how to do this as well as what actually happens when you make a career change. All right, we'll see you next week right here on Happen to Your Career. Until then, I am out. Adios. Adios.